Now Kerr, looking for the long, oh that's brilliant! And Sam Kerr has surely clinched the title now. World-class players do world-class things. Welcome to another episode of Fran Kirby's Fight Club. I am Andre Carlisle, as always, and we got a new member in the Fight Club. I'm excited about this. Louisa, co-host of Chelsea Perspective. You can find them at Chelsea Perspect, P-E-R-S-P-E-C-T, but on Twitter, a very good follow on Twitter, too, especially in the Chelsea women, at Soldaro, S-O-L underscore D-A-R-O. Thank you so much, Louisa, for joining the Fight Club. How are you? I'm fine, Andre. And you? Oh, I'm good. I'm busy, but I'm good. <laughs> Let's get into the uh, the rundown a bit. So here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Chelsea's 7 nothing beating of West Ham, which was hilarious. Uh, we're going to talk about Magda being back in the starting 11. Somebody at Parise, uh back in the starting 11 as well with me, Charles, at left back. That's an interesting one. Uh, Sam Kerr's hat trick, Fran Kirby's injury, uh, which, you know, um, at, given the name of this podcast, we're very interested about. Um, and then um, we're going to look at the Champions League draw and then also the schedule once Chelsea return from the international break. So let's just get into it. Louisa, I, ne- I need you to just tell us your thoughts on Chelsea 7, West Ham nil. Well, that game was like classic Chelsea. When I say classic Chelsea, I mean the 2020-2021 Chelsea where we just ran through our schedule and went to the very last game of uh, of the season. It was just one of those, you know, those one of those games you just watch back when you see some performance like this first game where it looked like it was going to be one of those games again, like the Reading game where we were 3-0 up and you thought, okay, this is going to be like maybe another 7-0, 8-0 and then we go finish the game 3-2 and it looked like it was close when in reality it shouldn't have been that close. Just felt like we just lost prosecution for two minutes and they were battling. So that West Ham game 7-0, especially given the context that West Ham just drew to Arsenal 0-0 on the weekend, it just made the result even better. Like, yeah, Jonas, this is how you do it. In 2023, this is our best game, hands down. Not just, I feel like, the opponents does not like sell the game the way it should be because maybe everybody will be like, yeah, you went into the game, you expected to win the game. Yeah, well, yeah, Chelsea is expected to win most of the games they go in, but we all we all know that sometimes they like to do things they are doing. But today they were, but that match they were not having any of those. Um, let's see, let's give them some hope. We literally just went in and just killed any hope of maybe the only blemish was the injury that is looking like occurred on the pitch and that was the only place you say okay that was not a good part of the game so that game was I don't I don't what 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 do you, what do you think about the game because I feel like we've suffered we've suffered through some games <laughs> even Emma said it's like maybe two or three games now it's really like it's one of those games it's one of those games we've suffered through some games even the ones we should be winning but that was that was perfect yeah, I agree. Um, I know that, like you said, we're usually expected to beat West Ham. Like, that's just kind of what it is. You know, it was 
of a surprise when they drew nil-nil with Arsenal at the weekend. Um, but because of that, I think that also probably helps Emma be like, listen, this team can frustrate you, so don't make sure that doesn't happen. Uh, so I think that probably helps. So shout out to Arsenal. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for the extra motivation. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think this was Chelsea's best performance uh, of, of the year. Maybe, mm, I don't know about of the season, but close. And it's not just, to, like, like you said, for me, it's not just the scoreline. I think scoring seven goals is obviously always going to look like a team played very well. But not, <laughs> this is going to sound stupid. But not, not all six or seven nil score lines are created equal. You know, sometimes there are a couple of penalties in there. Sometimes it's a free kick. Sometimes it's, you know, it, it can be a number of different things that ends up having one team go over another, you know, one player just dominating a game. We didn't really have that. This was a cohesive team performance. There were, I think, what, four or five different players assisted goals on the day. I mean, it was just a very, very good performance. And West Ham never really was able to get settled and understand, like, how we were going to attack them next. And that's the kind of Chelsea I want to see. Like, that's that's what I love about this team is that they can just get on top of a team and you don't know where the threat's coming from. Um, obviously, Sam Kerr scored a hat trick, but even her goals, it's not like she was, you know, doing the same thing for every single goal. She even had that one at the top of the box that was just full of confidence, turn around and just smash it into the net. I loved just about every aspect of this performance, but like you said, the injury was the thing that marred it just a little bit, even though the players thankfully didn't let their mood drop. Sometimes that can happen because it really does feel like Fran Kirby sets the tone with the team emotionally um, and being able to be out there and, and have that intensity. But let's let's go ahead and talk about it, too, because not only was it a big seven, seven goal scored, it was also nil conceded. And we had had that problem recently with, you know, against Spurs, against Liverpool, like giving up weird goals. And suddenly, Magda Eriksson is back in the starting 11. Might these things be related? I'm going to, I'm going to be biased here and say it's, it's related. I do love Magda. I feel like I've made my peace with Magda and Pada living during the summer, but I also love Magda. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to give up all the credit there. I do feel like AKB being back also plays a role in there. Like, there's a, there's a difference when we play. Musovic and when we play AKB. Sometimes, especially during last season when um, Musovic started coming back in for league games, it felt like she knows that she's not like up there yet. So she wasn't like complacent. She was doing the basics right while AKB was okay. Yeah, I've been at this game for a long time. I can go through some short spots. I can, I'm uh, more confident on the ball. So I can maybe try and dribble fast. I can try and dribble past the defenders and all those kind of things that could lead to some mistakes. But I, I feel like AKB just gives us some confidence. The backline has confidence in AKB, so they are able to do some better passing. They are not pressured. It's a different thing from when most of it was um, in the pitch. Like in the Liverpool game, the first game of the season, you could clearly see that. Um, what um, um, Tadisha was trying not to pass the ball back to um, was trying to let the ball not get back to Musovic at all costs. That was how gave, gave out a pen. She was making sure that, but normally they leave those balls for AKB to pick up. If the ball is coming over the top, they leave it for AKB to either come in and claim or AKB is coming out to boot that ball away. There's some confidence that AKB gives us that even though she does make some mistakes, I feel like that just makes us better 
even during the Western Games, we made some kind of games that maybe if Western were in a better edge space, they could have scored. But Chelsea was on a mad one because anytime we went forward, it looked like we were going to score. It was just one of those days in the office. So I don't feel mad. Like I, I, I put out a tweet there and I'm like, as much uh, as. Emma started months after she agreed to sign the new contract because she started the Arsenal game and now she's starting the Western game. And someone made a point about is it that they are now becoming top players? You know, the usual thing where top players are the players who are like squad players. Is it? I don't think that's it. I don't. I feel like it's still going to start our important games because it does give us that confidence. I feel like I am here seeing those things without any. Set any qualification, then definitely the Marys and our staff, they are seeing the difference between when Mosovic is playing and when AKB is playing. That City game just showed why AKB is who she is. I know people are mocking the top three goalkeepers of, uh, of the year that FIFA just brought out, and I'm like, this is two years too late. AKB was keeper of the year in 2020, uh, in 2020-2021 season. And um, the Champions League final was it was a terrible thing that happened. It was a terrible way to lose. Maybe if we had lost that game like 1-0 or something, we should have won it because Endla and Panos were not better than AKB in 2020 and 2021. And that's a hill I'm ready to die on. So. <laughs> um, I, I agree with you, actually. Like, I, I do think that there's something to that. I actually do very much think that, you know, I mean, I don't even think it's a stretch to, to for anybody to say that if you're following Chelsea, like the reason we made it to the final was AKB. She pulled out some absolutely wild saves in a couple of games that if those goals would have gone in, we wouldn't have made it. Like we wouldn't advance in the Champions League. So she's been very important. But yeah, I think I think you're right to spotlight AKB as well because I think it is just familiarity. You know, Magda knows what AK, like AKB's tendencies. AKB knows what uh, Magda's going to do. And I just think that familiar, and it was Magda and Millie, you know, at the center. So like that, that trio, like that three in central, right in the middle of the fence with, you know, AKB in the front of the box, like you're just you're just or in front of the goal, you're just like that that's familiar. You know, that's that you don't have to really think about that. I think learning Musevich trying it's why I also thought it was a little weird to kind of like bring her in in the middle of the season. I, I suppose you needed to see what you had in her before you gave a contract extension. Yeah, maybe that was the case, but it's also like in the middle of the season, changing a goalkeeper is tough because you develop chemistry with with the back line. And they know what to expect and they know where you're going to be. So if they shift somebody in, in a way, you know, th there were just some weird goals that were conceded with Musevic there. Not that she wasn't a good shot stopper, but you could just tell that it was just disorganization. Just unfamiliarity was really what most of those goals came down to. Um, so, yeah, that was a little interesting. Uh, but I do agree with you that familiarity is really important. And I think why we had a clean sheet. And then, of course, with Chelsea just deciding to score goals every 10 minutes was, was also great. Uh, so let's also, real quick, I wonder if you have any any thoughts on Parise being in the starting 11. She got an assist, uh, which was great to see. I think she's just kind of been waiting to link up with the with some of the forwards to be dangerous because she's a good crosser of the ball. Uh, but she got started right back, and Neve Charles got to start at left back. That's um, Parise assist, like, 10 chances to late, if not 20 chances. Parise should be like on, honestly, she should be on double figures at least by now. If our forwards were not being um, wasteful with hard chances, because you can't say our forwards are wasteful because they've been scoring a bunch of goals. This year alone, we've not, apart from the Arsenal game, we've not had any game where we scored less than two goals. Three 
We've had three in the Liverpool game, three in the Spurs game. Both Spurs games, there were three. Then the West Ham game, seven. And scoring a team like West Ham, seven is actually um, something to comment because Paul Koncheski, his first focus was that I even listened to his um, post-match interview where it was like, his first focus is that when you do defense, you only need to score one goal to win the game. If you are keeping the goal, if you keep your opponent at zero, you just need one lucky chance to win the game. And that was what they did. So uh, Arsenal, they should have had, they should even have had a penalty if you looked at the game. But for that West Ham game, the defense is truly very solid, even though technically we did win them 3-1 at King's Meadow at the beginning of the season. So it's not like we do struggle to score against them. But they are hard to break down. So scoring seven on them, a WSL team, not like a, not even in a relegation battle, it's a solid WS, a mid-table WSL team. So we did um, do that. Preset was on it. And I think she, also, she started the um, the West Ham game in the league with Switkova. Uh, and both of them, they were actually on it. I thought like they, those two, they brought some spark to our attack because person is always willing to go forward. She's usually very high up. If we are pressing, she follows to press up. I don't Nick being at left back is not even a surprise to me because Nick plays all over the pitch. She's basically that player where Emma wants to put her on the put her in the starting level. So usually when she has that preferred uh, players in each position, she just puts Nick in and like because Nick has played left back, she has played right back. She has also even played. She's, she has played in James' position before when James has been on the bench. I, I don't know about um, what's it called. I don't know about if she can go in for, but that's actually a good thing for her because in that England team, she, this experience is going to count for something because they do have players all over the pitch. But she can be that player where she can step in for a lot of different places and different positions. So that that's a good thing for her. I do want Nicholas to shine in this World Cup. I do want her to shine in this World Cup. But having you talk about chemistry, and I feel like people have, some people have said that Alicia is not doing what we hyped her up to do. And I feel like that's also down to chemistry. We are not going to accept. She was one of the only few players who we just signed and brought into the starting level. Usually Emma doesn't do that, but you kind of understand the world class player and also. Usually your defense, you want your defense to click over the period of the season. You can't just be bringing in your defender and be like, okay, come slowly integrate. You guys just have to throw them in the defense, especially if you're planning on starting them long term. Even though when we signed that, Emma was kind of talking about she can play anywhere, she can play in the midfield because Emma is always all about versatility. But first, is a right back and if Niv was going to start, she was not going to start as a right back. She had to start somewhere else. And Niv plays, she, Niv plays on both sides of the pitch. It's both a gift and a cost for her because I feel like she hasn't found that role where we can say, okay, this is her role. You can't take her out of this role. It's not going to, like, she offers you everything in this role. It's both a blessing and a cost because now that she's renewed, because people had issues thinking she was not going to renew because at game time last season wasn't like all that that was part of the reason why she wasn't um in the England setup, but she renewed and we kind of see that okay, yeah, Emma had plans for her for this season. She's been playing games, she started almost all her games. Probably the only game she hasn't started was maybe due to rest. 
and she even ended up coming in as a sub for most of the games. So she's just been building up her resume to be that player that Emma kind of relies on to do a lot of like be the missing puzzle in a lot of the starting lineups. So that's a good thing for her. Yeah, yeah, she it is kind of funny how she is the kind of like utility player. You know, no matter where Emma seems to need, if you need a if you need a right back or a left back, sometimes you can play her in the forward line. You can just move her around a bit, and you know she'll 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 pretty much perform. I still I still say she's not a natural defender, and that can have issues. But when you're playing a, a team like West Ham, especially when you're playing as well as Chelsea played, and you're pinning them back you don't necessarily have a lot of those problems uh, if you're executing it right. And plus having Magda on the side to back her up is also really helpful. Um, so I think that also really helps um, be able to support her defensively. So let's move on from the West Ham game, because even though it was great, you know, there are other things to discuss and uh, maybe not as fun, but we're going to. Uh, the Champions League draw happened. And I know that personally, I was probably like most Chelsea fans rooting for Roma because I wanted a little bit of a break, you know, ease into the Champions League, you know, get build it up, you know, get into the final. But nope, Chelsea now have, if they're going to get to the final, even get to the final, they're going to have to do it the hard way. So we drew Lyon. We got two games versus Lyon coming up in March. Um, and then Barcelona are the ones who got Roma. And we're on their side of the bracket, too. So Barcelona beats Roma, and we beat Lyon. Then we meet Barcelona, not in a final, but in a semifinal to get to the final. The hardest possible road, Chelsea has to go through it. What are your thoughts? Because honestly, I was just like, I just kind of shrugged my shoulders like, of course. I don't know why I hope for anything else. But also, okay, let's do it. Honestly, I felt like a lot of us thought that we were going to get Lyon because I don't know. Feels like other fans, rival fans are going to say we like to play the victim, but I feel like we always get hard done by this um, kind of draws and like uh um Africa is it this is round of sixteen, basically the round of sixteen and we're playing Arsenal already. Yeah. When there are teams from the third tier, there are teams from the championship and we're playing Arsenal. In the match um, in our block of match fixture where we have to play Leon, we have to play Leon twice, we have to play Man United, we have to play... Uh, I think we, we get Aston Villa after Leon, and Aston Villa are not... Right now, we might need to be very wary of them because the specialists are coming. They have nothing they are playing for. No country club. They probably... Uh, I remember what they play in the FA Cup, but they could be out of it by the time we meet them for that fixture. So... I've basically been through the five stages of grief when I had the goal layout because I'm like, they may not be playing well, but you know they are going to turn up for the, for the Champions League. It's just, it's basically the law of nature right now. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, so poor. Like, I feel like the players might not, I feel like we might not be over that because we don't have a mental block with Leon because we've actually come close to knocking them out even when they were team to beat and we just started we're just on the up and up so I didn't feel like okay we have any mental block for Leon. Leon would be better suited at our first game then hopefully fingers crossed Barcelona next. I wouldn't be mad if it was Roma but I would actually prefer to play Barcelona over two legs because I do feel like 
we have a better chance against them over 180 minutes than over 90 minutes. I don't know. The Champions League fixture is just something that I'm like, okay, it's crazy. And it's not just because we play Lyon and could potentially play Barcelona. It's also the fact that the fixture surrounding it. We could potentially just go into this match fixture and the whole season could crumble. Like, that's how vital this match is. There's a cup final, then there's the knockout stage for both FA Cup and the uh, Champions League. So this match is a defining moment for how our season is going to play out. And we could even face Man United and if we potentially maybe lose to them, that could also have an effect on the league title also. So uh, this is going to be a tough one, but uh, if anyone's going to go through it, I feel like we do have the players that can do that. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I look at the, the March schedule in particular. You know, you, you mentioned that FA Cup match. It's a, it's, a, it's a late round match or an early round match, I would say. I don't have any idea why they allowed that to happen, but I guess they just wanted Chelsea and Arsenal one more time on probably going to put it on TV just because that's what they do. So maybe that's what they wanted. But yeah, the, the, the March games are, are a lot because, you know, you do have a, cup, a League Cup final. Uh, you have two really important WSL games, just league games, I think. You know, people, when Arsenal and uh, Manchester United dropped points in the same weekend, people just were giving the title to Chelsea. And I understand why they would do that, because Chelsea just went on a run in the past couple of years, especially at this kind of time of the season. And we're just like, we're not going to drop points. You are. And therefore, we're going to end up on top of the league. Uh, but yeah, they haven't dropped enough points to where even a draw versus one of those teams becomes a pretty significant result. <clears throat> So then there's then of course on top of that there's the there's the Champions League games versus Lyon so like it's going to be brutal I don't know how much I'm really looking forward to it but I do agree with you that conversation about hoarding of talent with the big clubs but I think this is why we do it Chelsea are in four different competitions they're going to play in four different competitions in the, between February 26th and you know and and in, in, in the end of March and it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot of games. Uh, it's a lot of different competitions. You're going to need different players to do different things. And you're going to also need to try and keep players healthy. So it's going to be a lot. And Leon, I don't know. I'm just, it's weird because Leon earlier was kind of, they were injured. They had a lot of issues. There were a lot of gaps to exploit. I mean, you know, Arsenal beat them 5-1 in the Champions League because they just had no defense. They, they were had a really mismatched defense. They were having a problems in midfield with injuries as well. And, of course, Katarina Macario, who was a very important player for them, tore her ACL last season. Now she's running on grass. You know, she has a ball at her feet. Eggerberg is running on grass. She seems to have a ball at her feet. So, like, I don't know if they're going to be back for the first game, but there's a chance they could be back by the second. And, of course, that changes things, too. So... I, I'm just looking at these, this matchup and I'm just like, yeah, this is, this is, this is going to be a hard Champions League campaign to get through, but I do appreciate where Chelsea is at. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping for the best. I, I actually like, I, there are some things I like about the way we match up with Lyon. Barcelona remains to be seen. <laughs> yeah, but also what, what, what something, you said something about our squad is built for this moment and what I what I would like to add is that 
we do have we do have like a smaller squad compared to what we used to have last season, last two seasons. I do agree that we have a smaller squad, but if you kind of look at this squad we do have, we have starters. Apart from Asu and Oman, I don't know what the Asu situation is. I don't know if it's not ready, if Emma doesn't trust her. I don't know what's going on there, but it seems like we only get playing so far or something and it's not been like sent out on loan. I, I had some loans broke down, but I feel like if Emma and Paul really, really wanted the loan to go through, they would have found something for her, even not to the extent where like they have to find a club in London where so that she can still basically be around the squad and be in like uh, accommodation situation which I'm sure probably just is starting that out also. So uh we do have usually the we have a big squad but those in that big squad we probably have like four or five players that no matter what happens I'd rather play some entire campaign than maybe one of those players, but that's not the case this season. We do have a stronger squad. We might not have a bigger squad, but we do have a stronger squad, and that's what I do like about it. And I'm just going to put something out into the universe. I do feel like because this feels like an impossible Champions League campaign, I feel like this is our best chance to win it. I love that. I do love that, and I and I like that vibe. I like putting it out in the universe, especially because there was so much negativity just like heads down from Chelsea supporters that were really frustrated about that you know you get you get last year's champions in the quarterfinal round that's a little brutal but if you beat them you get the runners up in the semifinal round that is brutal it is absolutely brutal but I do agree with you Chelsea's squad as it is is very strong much stronger than last time and I think we have more ways of hurting teams and I also still still very much very very much do not think that anybody has an answer for Lauren James that is something that we haven't had before. And just the way that she's able to keep hold of the ball and move the ball from midfield through attack, even into the box and scoring goals now, like that is something very, very different uh, for teams that have to cope with. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I am excited about these games. I obviously wish the draw would have been a little bit kinder, but hey, if Chelsea goes, if this is how we win the Champions League, there ain't nobody going to be able to tell me nothing. Like. <laughs> Hey, we go through Lyon, we go through Barcelona, and then whoever the hell is in the final, we go through. Then the we get moves up. Just imagine this. if we oh go through um, Lyon, Barcelona, then we get moves up. That's yeah. just the perfect. That is the stuff of my dreams. If we do it then, basically, like in the Champions League, we won the entire competition, for period. Like, done. Like, shut it down. <laughs> but Like, we basically won the competition being the best team in Europe because most times, sometimes the best team in Europe does not win the Champions League. But if we really go through that run of games, then we were the best team in Europe. Facts, facts. So I think we're going to leave it at that. Thank you again so much, Louisa, for joining us. Um, If you want, can you please drop any plugs so people can know where to follow you and how to follow you? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. So, um, so underscore Daryl, S-O-L underscore D-A-R-O. I'm usually just out there tweeting and banting rival fans and supporting Chelsea women. So you can also follow at Sporting Her, where I write about um, filming sports, any kind of sports, football, sport, um, cycling, Formula One driving, W Series. Then follow Chelsea Perspective, Chelsea Perspective. We have 
but we discuss both Chelsea men and Chelsea women only there. So that's why you can follow me. I love it. Doing some of everything. That's how I like it. I support it. So yeah, go follow Louisa. And I honestly follow Louisa on Twitter. Very funny, very good Twitter account. The banter is exceptional as well. I love it. Uh, but so we got a big international break coming up. We may review some performances from Chelsea. We may do some tactical stuff on the podcast. We're not quite sure yet, but we will be in your feeds at some point during this international break. But until then, pray for Fran Kirby's knee, and I'm going to go and try and fight God because Fran Kirby keeps getting into the weird times, and I don't like it, so we got to fight.